Hey everybody, it's Matt from PI Perspectives. Before we jump in and get started with the episode, I just want to do a quick thank you to everybody who's been checking out the shows weekly, uh, those who have subscribed and those who have been supporting the show. I really, really appreciate it. It's so energizing to see the great feedback, just the responses that I'm getting from people on social media. It's been a great ride. I know we just started the show in the fourth quarter here, but uh, we've put out some great material Got great plans for 2020, and I'm just so excited that you guys are along for the ride. Stay tuned for some big announcements. We're kicking off the year in 2020 with just one great guest after the other. Um, you know, I'm booked all the way up probably until March right now with guests. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and uh, really supporting and being a part of this. And it's really going to lead to something just quite amazing. And uh, before we get started here, I just wanted to give a special thank you to my producer, Joey. He's been very, very, very helpful. You've probably noticed uh, along the way the show is sounding a little bit better every week and uh, it's still a, uh, a learning process for me. Joey's just been great and I wanted to say a special thank you. I want to just wish a happy new year to everybody and uh, I look forward to talking to you further in 2020. So uh, without further ado, let's start the show. Welcome to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. We finish up the year with more training. Matt has spent his career servicing the legal industry. This episode talks about the intake. This is a great way for an investigator to get his or her foot in the door by providing a very necessary service for personal injury law firms. This episode is brought to you by Satellite Investigations and ScopeNow.com. Make sure to visit the website to learn all about the new exciting upgrades of ScopeNow 3.0. S-K-O-P-E-N-O-W.com. ScopeNow.com. Don't forget to mention code PIP19 when you visit the site and sign up for an account to receive a 10% discount. That's PIP19. Matt is flying solo today, but he's bringing you some great tips to utilize in your business. Let's drop in on our host, private investigator, Matt Spare. So today we're getting back into training and we're going to talk about the intake, also known as the sign-up. This in the personal injury world is essentially a new case. Right. So what happens is somebody gets involved in an accident. Maybe they have a car accident. Maybe they have a slip and fall accident and they look for a lawyer. They usually go online. They do their shopping. They make a couple phone calls. An attorney will interview them and decide they want the case. Basically, what they say then is an investigator from my office will get in touch with you and they'll look to coordinate an appointment to come to your home or to meet you in the hospital. And they'll have you sign all the necessary paperwork, all the documents so the law firm can represent you. So you're essentially going to have a retainer signed. This is uh, a great entry level technique for an investigator to do this kind of work. So um, yeah, if you're looking to get in with a law firm, this work is always available. And what happens is law firms will market like crazy to try and get new cases. And obviously they don't have enough attorneys in their office to handle it. Some law firms bring people into their office but that's not always available. And it's such a quick business. Uh, Really the idea is they want to get somebody who represents the law firm in front of this person as quickly as possible. So this is especially uh, relevant for personal injury cases, motor vehicle accidents, negligence cases, trips, slips, falls, construction cases, nursing home cases that involve bed sores, or slip and falls in nursing homes, um, product liabilities, medication recalls, 
anything where somebody would need to hire a lawyer and if an attorney was interested in in having the case they would uh, need paperwork uh, filled out and signed so when you're doing your marketing and you're trying to get your foot in the door with a new law firm this is a great way to do it so when i started my business i guess what makes me a um, an authority on doing this kind of work I saw this as a real opportunity to get my foot in the door with new law firms. Just being available 24-7, having staff that were, I was able to cover new assignments is really what helped me grow my business. So in the beginning, it, you know, it was just me when I started, but when I started bringing staff on, this was a good revenue stream for me and a good way to keep people working for me busy. Essentially, they would go out and meet with a person, have them sign all the necessary paperwork, and they would do a report following up, make recommendations on how to do, you know, what additional work would need to be done on this particular case. So it could grow into a much bigger investigative assignment, but initially you would just do the intake. So again, this was a big part of my model when I started my business. There were firms that we were doing this kind of work with where maybe we were getting 30 or 40 assignments like this a month. You definitely had the opportunity to keep yourself busy. So really how the process works, I mean, like I said, they they would um, contact an attorney. The attorney would be interested in the case and they would then contact my office and either we would schedule it like right on the spot or they would just send us the information, say, call these people, reach out to them, schedule an appointment, meet up with them as soon as possible and get the paperwork signed and filled out. Usually the rule on this is you would always try and do same day appointments if possible. And if that wasn't possible, definitely the next day. The most important thing on this is you would need to call that person as soon as possible to actually schedule the appointment. Now the thought behind that is you don't want them picking up the phone and calling another law firm and scheduling an appointment with somebody else. And it does happen every now and then you get a person who's lawyer shopping and they may schedule three appointments before they decide who they're actually going to sign up with. But uh, for the most part, it's been my experience. If somebody sets an appointment, uh, they do not pick up the phone to call another lawyer. So you set the appointment and you go meet with them. And uh, usually you do it at their house or if they're in the hospital, you go meet them in the hospital. You're essentially working as a salesperson for the law firm, right? You're trying to convince this person as to why the law firm they selected is the proper law firm to work with and why they should hire the attorney and the great job they're going to do. So one of the things I recommend is if you're doing this type of work, like you really should understand who the law firm is. Uh, You should do your due diligence and do some research, find out some of the good verdicts they've had, familiarize yourself with the staff. A great way to sell the services is to make it personal, right? So you talk about your experience in doing business with the firm or maybe a case that you referred to them that they did a really great job on. Um, you're essentially trying to create a comfort level, right? And, that, and that's really the whole idea. You're being a salesperson and you're trying to close the deal, essentially get them to sign the paperwork. So what I like to do is I like to sit down with somebody and go over the legal process before I even have them sign any kind of documents. Well, the, actually, the first thing you should do when you sit down with somebody is let them know on why you're there and uh, that your intention is to have them sign a retainer for the law firm to represent them. The reason I like to do this in the beginning, letting them know that you know they do need to sign a, a retainer with the law firm, is that so you don't spend an hour going over everything with everybody, and then they say, okay, well, you know, thanks for the consultation. We're going to go interview three or four more other, other lawyers, and then we'll make a decision on what we want to do. 
you want to avoid that from happening because uh, you don't want to invest that time with somebody and if they're not ready to actually uh, be retained. Usually when I call and schedule the appointment, I mention it to them on the phone. So you know, I'm going to come meet with you. We're going to go over some paperwork. I'm going to explain to you the whole process of how it all works. And I'm going to ask you to sign a contingency retainer. That means if you hire the lawyer and um, they're able to recover money for you, they would get paid. Uh, in New York, it's 33 and a third percentage. In the event they're not able to recover any money for you or you lose the case or uh, it turns out you don't have a case, then you're not responsible for paying any kind of fees. So getting that out of the way and, and having them understand is a, is a good tip, especially like before you even get there, right? So if you can do that over the phone, they understand uh, why you're there and, and what the purpose is. If you are in a city where there's multilingual uh, people living there, it's a good um, practice to have people on staff that speak different languages. So like here in New York, yeah, you know, a lot of people speak Spanish. So, you know, having people on staff that are able to do these uh, assignments um, that speak other languages is really important. So when I get down and I uh, get to the person's house and start talking to them about, uh, you know, why I'm there, I like to explain to them the legal process. Most people have never had accidents happen before. They've never sued anybody. They don't really understand what to expect. So I'll spend a good 15 minutes or so just going through the whole legal process, right? What's going to happen after I leave, where the information is going to go, what the next process is, if the case is not settled and it has to go into suit, basically how a lawsuit works. So you want to get familiar with that whole process, right? Explaining what a summons and complaint is, explaining the whole discovery process and what would be expected of the client, how they need to go to the doctors and follow up with their medical appointments, if you claim you're injured and you never go to the doctor and follow up with treatment, you're pretty much assuring that you're not going to get any money out of the case. So just covering those details and, you know, explaining what a note of issue is and how a case gets put on the trial calendar and breaking down the whole process and understanding that, you know, it's probably not going to be settled overnight. There's going to be uh, some uh, waiting period involved. And most importantly, for the person, they got to focus on getting better and working on their injuries and leave the lawyering to the lawyers and all that good stuff. So just breaking down the process, very helpful. You know, you're, you're essentially creating that comfort level, making the person at ease. Again, they've gone through something very traumatic and uh, you're kind of helping them through the process. And that's one of the reasons why I really like doing this work in the beginning. And I still like doing it now. I, I go out every now and then and do these assignments as well. You know, you feel like you're, you're really helping somebody, somebody who had, something uh, tragic happened to them or, or it's, it's tragic to them, right? Even if it's just a minor car accident, now their, their whole life is different. Uh, their, their back doesn't feel the same way or their neck is hurting. And what's nice in New York state is that you're required to meet a certain threshold with your injuries, meaning that, you know, even if you have an accident, uh, it doesn't mean you're going to get money right away, right? You have to be injured a certain amount. You have to go to the doctors a certain amount of time uh, to even qualify to have a claim. So, you know, the cases that are not legitimate, you find out pretty early on whether or not you can proceed with it. So that that helps a lot, right? And um, a, a lot of times when the attorneys are screening the case to decide whether or not they even want the case, they're going to get those questions answered right away. Um, so when I meet with somebody, I like to go over that process um, and uh, explain to them what they should expect, right? And the next thing you do after that is you, you start going through 
the paperwork and having them sign releases. So I would typically go into the release portion of it, right? Going through all the documents. And it's really important to understand what each document is. And, um, you know, each law firm has their own proprietary intake packet and they'll, um, for the most part, there's the same, but there may be a few additional documents in there. Making yourself familiar with it is important because you want to be able to explain with confidence what the person is signing um, and they understand what the function of each document that they're signing. So like if it's a motor vehicle case, you would need the no fall papers filled out so they can get their medical treatment paid for. If it's a case that involves a municipality, um, a notice of claim uh, to put that municipality on notice that they could potentially have a suit against them. You want to be able to explain that. Um, sometimes when you're dealing with nursing home cases, uh, where there's power of attorneys or healthcare proxies, just being familiar with what those documents are and being able to explain them, uh, making sure that you're filling them out properly, uh, really important. Um, the other thing that's really important, and I cannot stress how important it is, is to make sure you're a notary, right? You got to be able to notarize documents. If you do not have your notary license, I strongly recommend you looking into getting it. Uh, notaries are important for witness statements. They're important for affidavits. They're important for medical release forms. Um, most facilities require a notarized document to release information. So being familiar with that and understanding those documents and explaining them with authority, really, really important. Um, another tip here is just being diligent, right? And being very organized. You know, you want to spend enough time with the person so that they feel comfortable, but you also want to be efficient with your time. So having a checklist, something to go through is helpful, you know, to make sure you don't forget any documents or forget to explain it, everything. Uh, one of the things I like to do with new employees is making sure they have the, uh, the check sheet to go through and make sure explaining everything and doing everything properly. The other thing with this type of business, if you're interested in getting into it, is making sure that you're always available, right? Always being timely, having your phone accessible. I know the way my phone is, uh, I'm available 24 uh, seven. If I don't pick up the phone, leave a message, I'll call you back. One of the things about my firm and one of the reasons that my clients like working with me uh, is that I am accessible. I'm very easy to get a hold of. And that's something that sets my business um, aside from some of the other investigators that work in, uh, in my area, right? I'm always going to pick up my phone. Uh, I have one client I work with where uh, we'll schedule our appointments basically while they have their client on the phone, right? The idea is if they're on the phone and somebody from their office can call me and we can schedule it right on the spot, there's like a 98% chance that they're not going to call somebody else and they'll keep the appointment. So, you know, being able to work off of a good calendaring system is good. I know I have multiple employees that work for me and we all work off of Google Calendar. It's a great tool. Everybody's linked up to it. I know where everybody that works for me, where they are during the week and, you know, whatever day it is, what they're up to. I know if they're available or not. I ask my employees to block off time if they're not available. So um, when I get the phone call to schedule the appointment, I'm able to do it uh, very efficiently. I never have to say like, I'll call you back or, you know, I'm not available. I don't have anyone available today, but maybe next Tuesday I have somebody like, I don't need to do that. We can do things like right on, uh, on the spot. And that's really important because this type of business, if you're interested in getting into it, it's, it's fast, right? If you're not 
scheduling an appointment, that person will pick up a phone and call another attorney who's probably got another investigator and you're losing out on revenue. So one of the, the other things that's important is uh, you know, taking notes and, and asking the right questions to develop information. When you're finished signing the documents, um, the authorizations, uh, most law firms will have like a fact sheet that goes along with it. Uh, some of my clients, it could be lengthy. Uh, one of them, I think uh, it's about 13 to 14 pages worth of questions. Seems like it's a lot, um, but what it does is it uh, helps them to develop a lot of information early on so they know whether or not they have a, cl- uh, a case, right? If, whether or not they have a claim, uh, if their prior injury is involved, if the person has a criminal history, doesn't mean they don't have a case, but they just want to know about it. Um, so z- these are all things you want to develop up front. And, um, I find, you know, having uh, documents like that that are, are quite lengthy are actually helpful. Um, you know, sometimes we show up in front of people and we're sitting down with them. Uh, it feels like we're doing a closing for a house, right? There's a lot of documents to sign, but essentially it's a good thing. What happens is it speeds up the whole process of the case, right? If we're not able to get that information early on at the intake, um, then the attorney has to email them documents. Then they got to go out and find a notary and get everything uh, signed and get it back to the law firm. And that could delay the case by, you know, six months or so. Um, so that's, uh, something that's important to get out of the way. Um, and then the last thing I asked somebody to sign a retainer, right? So I, I like to save that to the end because I, I want to create that comfort level for them and have them feel like that's not the only reason that I'm there. Uh, I think if you put a retainer right in front of somebody, first thing you do when you walk in the door, it's kind of like a snake oil salesman there, right? You want to avoid that. Um, so that's one of the uh, one of the recommendations that uh, that I have. So save it, save it to the end. It's kind of the last thing you do, and then you know, obviously, you want to take any pictures if you see um, their visible injuries. Uh, you want to make sure you get pictures of those injuries and uh, you don't have to take a hundred pictures, uh, but definitely don't take you know, one or two. Uh, you want to be able to, to show any injuries if there are um, injuries. And if it's a motor vehicle case that the vehicle is available, um, you want to take pictures of the vehicle just so the attorney has record of it and they kind of understand um, how the accident happened, you know, a a damaged vehicle can give you a lot of info if you know how to take the right picture. So that's a good way to upsell too. Um, Some of my clients, we charge extra for photos. Some of them we don't, it's included in a package. I mean, you know, your own clients and and what they'll tolerate as far as billing goes. Uh, Sometimes we do things in packages. Sometimes it's a la carte. Um, you You can make that determination with your client when you're doing your sales pitch to them. And, you know, consider volume, right? If you're doing a lot of business with somebody, you know, maybe you give them a package. You know, like I said, there was one firm we were doing 30 or 40 a month of these. Um, And, uh, you know, you want to be a little more flexible on that because you're you're getting the volume. You know, like one of the the best ways to generate income and revenue um, is by doing this type of work and having a client... Uh, that pays their bills timely, right? So if you're doing 30 or 40 cases a month and uh, you're getting paid, you know, two weeks, three weeks out, maybe a month out, I mean, it's a good way to keep the money rolling and, uh, you know, keeping your uh, your overhead taken care of, right? That's really important as a small business owner to make sure you have uh, cash flow coming in. So that's really how, uh, how the appointment uh, 
looks like and what you're uh, what you're looking to do. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back in, I'm going to cover a couple more things to look at and how to be like really efficient on this work. So we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Satellite Investigations in New York City. Satellite Investigations is New York's leading investigation firm since 2005. Check out the newsletter archives for previous articles and publications. Matt is also available to be booked as a speaker for your association or conference events. You can visit their site at satellitepi.com. That's satellitepi.com for more details. And welcome back. So we are talking about the intake, the sign up, a new case. I started covering a little bit earlier before, but uh, really keeping an eye on the upsell, things that you can recommend in a report um, after you finish your appointment is a good way to generate extra income for your business, right? So this is marketing 101. You know, you, you offer a particular service and you see other avenues of where you can generate more income. Um, what we do with this particular assignment is we do provide a written report kind of like a statement of the facts, you know, who, what, when, where, how, and then follow up with recommendations on additional investigative work that needs to be done. If you're doing a premises case, maybe you want to go get the deed for the property, right? Um, Recommend a site visit um, to go take photos of the defect. If you don't have photos of a motor vehicle on a motor vehicle accident that you would uh, follow up and go to the body shop and get photos of the vehicle, um, go out and do an accident site investigation. If you have a police report that has witnesses on the police report, you would recommend to follow up and do witness statements. So I had a very strong business model when I started of uh, offering this kind of package uh, to an attorney. It was quite effective, right? I had the, the green light to do what I needed to do on particular cases. They were very um, pro-investigator. We were able to work cases up very efficiently, quickly, and creating uh, leverage. So the idea behind it is, you know, when your client is talking to an insurance adjuster to try and settle their case, if we're able to get all this information, witness statements, photos of the vehicle, basically wrap everything up nice and tight in a bow uh, very quickly for them, um, chances are they won't have to litigate, Uh, especially these days how a lot of cases have gone to mediation. Um, you know, having all this information tied up quickly, uh, there's a better chance that they'll be able to mediate a settlement without actually having to go litigate the case. And, you know, that's something to consider, uh, especially if you get a, a attorney client who doesn't have uh, very heavy cases. So they call that soft tissue, right? So if you have a, a case with a, a back injury or a neck injury, um, they're not even sure if surgery is going to be involved, but there's enough of an injury where they meet the threshold and the person is entitled to some sort of compensation. If you can do a lot of the investigative work early on and, and create leverage with liability, that's a good formula for that attorney to move that case quickly. So um, doing the report, following up, doing the upsell uh, for the other uh, investigative items is important. If you do process serving, obviously you want to tie that in as well. If they go into uh, litigation, you want to be able to serve those summonses and um, you know later on subpoenas if need be. It depends if that's in your model. If you do that type of investigative work, always keeping that in the back of your mind. So again, you know, getting back to that appointment and meeting with people, it's really important to create that comfort level, right? 
uh, meeting with these people and making them feel comfortable or, or confident that they made the right choice with the attorney that they're working with is something you really want to focus on. So you got to be a good salesperson. If you're going to do this type of work, you can't be timid, right? You got to be able to get in there and you know, first of all, tell them everything's going to be all right. You know, you've, we've all had accidents. We've had things that, that, that happened to us. And, you know, over time you'll get better. It's going to be really hard for you in the beginning, but uh, we're going to walk you through the process. You know, the, the client I'm working for, they're going to hold your hand. They're going to do everything for you. They'll be with you hundred percent of the way. Right. So you're creating that, um, that comfort level. And even like by doing that, when you're asking them questions about what happened, if they're comfortable, their recall ability is going to be much better than if they're completely stressed out or, or they get, get the feeling that you're just trying to get in and get out as quickly as possible. That's not a way to do this type of work. You know, you really need to take the time. Uh, I know like the average appointment we have with people could be anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and a half. You know, if you're not spending that type of time with somebody, you're probably not getting all the information that you could at the intake. So really taking the time to do the assignment properly and not rushing through anything is definitely something I would recommend as well. It is important to be efficient with your, with your time, right? You don't want to waste your time doing things or, or not being familiar with documents. That's something that could be problematic as well. So there, there are some challenges with doing this type of work, right? So the big one is the assignments are unknown. It's really kind of crazy when you think about it because you, know, you could be sitting there and have no intake assignments. And then all of a sudden you could get four or five or six assignments in one day and they all need to be done the same day or the next day, right? And there's zero way to forecast. Like, oh, I'm going to get uh, four assignments tomorrow. I know I'm going to get four assignments tomorrow. You have no idea you're getting four assignments tomorrow. Like, You just have to do enough of this business with uh, enough clients that will keep you busy. Um, and it all gets predicated on how they advertise. So if an attorney decides like they want to start taking in new cases, they'll spend money on advertisement. And if they spend money on advertisement, they'll get new cases and then you'll get work. So, um, I, over the years have tried to, you know, predict when a good time to go on vacation would be, or when we'd be slow. And, um, there's just no rhyme or reason to it. Uh, you would think you would get more slip and fall cases in the winter. So that's not a good time to go away or more car accidents because cars are sliding all over the place. Uh, if you're in the Northeast anyway, um, but that doesn't work. It, it's really all predicated on the advertising. Um, one of the other challenges of doing this, this type of work is it's time sensitive. Okay. So that means that you have to have the ability to cover something same day or next day. And um, sometimes getting a rush fee, um, you, know, you can get away with it because, you know, if you have to rearrange your schedule to make sure assignment is covered, you can justify it. But you know, if you're hitting a rush charge on your client, every time they're calling you for a same day assignment, there's a good chance they may not call you because, you know, ABC investigation company doesn't charge that rush charge, but your business does, right? So you want to be sensitive to, um, to that, uh, rush charge when you can, um, you know, at the end of the day, they, they like to get it done. So, you know, they're not going to say no on that assignment. The problem comes in on the next assignment, right? Um, when they're picking up that phone to call their list of investigators, uh, they may skip you if you're uh, constantly hitting them with uh, same day rush charges. So, 
you know, being accessible and making sure that you have um, uh, your phone on and that you're, you're answering your phone to, to get these um, appointments scheduled is definitely a challenge. So if you're not willing to do that uh, rush type of work, uh, this probably isn't the type of investigative work you want to get into. Um, one of the other things also is, you know, you got to be sensitive with the rate that you charge on this. And the reason being is, you know, they're just taking a new case in. They don't know what type of case they have. So, you know, it's always been my model to charge the same thing for a particular service. Like, I don't believe in marking something up because, wow, a death case just came in. I know there's going to be, you know, five, six, ten thousand $10,000 worth of billing um, on this. Uh, so whatever this particular services that I'm, I'm doing now is my time to, to really mark it up and, and make my money on it. I think when you have that model, that's not a good way to, to go about doing that. Right. Um, I would suggest just charging the same thing for a particular service every time. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, a a $15,000 case for the attorney or a $1 million case, right. Charging the same thing every time. Right. And, you know, consider offering discounts for volume, right? Find out whatever your threshold is. If you can tolerate uh, offering uh, a lower rate for a certain amount of volume, you should consider doing it. But if you're not getting that volume, you know, you're kind of locked in at that rate too. So it's just something to consider. You know, obviously your time is valuable. We never apologize for what we charge for doing things. But I think with this particular type of work, you have to be a little bit sensitive to what you do. Uh, And obviously if it's a bigger case and you need to do a lot of uh, further investigative work. That's something that you want to consider and do. It could open doors for other work. So that's something to consider also. The thing I would recommend on this, just being consistent, right? You're always uh, charging the same amount on things, always providing the same type of work product is something that is important. So that's really it. I mean, just really understanding how that works and being able to um, capitalize on that small caveat of investigative work, it can really lead to other opportunities for you. Uh, There are many law firms that I got my foot in the door with them uh, just because I started doing this intake work and it led to other investigative work. And then uh, we started getting the the meatier assignments, the things that would take a little more time. Um, I could focus in on really uh, doing a full investigation, but uh, I was also flexible enough to have that quick response uh, for these uh, initial intake work. I think uh, we've covered the intakes. Um, I'm thankful for you guys tuning in here. Hopefully this uh, inspired you to do this kind of work. If you um, don't do it already, if you're new to the game, uh, this is a great way to get your foot in the door and get started, get your investigative experience and really like learn what to look for, right? When you're sitting down and you're, you're questioning these people, you're really understanding exactly how something happened or why it happened, and uh, it helps you open doors. So thanks for tuning in. We'll get back to more guest interviews at the next episode. I just wanted to jump in and talk about intakes and signups and how that all works. So we'll talk to you real soon, and have a great day. Thanks for checking out this episode. I also want to give a special thanks to Matt. Thanks for those kind words at the top of this episode, Matt. I appreciate it and look forward to working with you in 2020 and beyond. We hope you found this topic interesting and you learned some tips on how to offer this type of service to lawyers or you gained some ideas on how to be more efficient. 
Be sure to check out The Art of Investigation. A link will be in the show info. Make sure you check out Matt's chapter on energy. The book is now available. Next week, Matt kicks off the new year with none other than Cynthia Hetherington of the Hetherington Group. Happy New Year, everyone. Stay safe out there. We'll see you next time on PI Perspectives.